welcome you tonight to Tuesday Night Live. I wanted to just give you a couple of announcements as we get started. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we will be at our church campus at Praise Church of Ascension. And we're going to be having a wonderful service, a time of teaching and prayer for anyone who comes who would like for us to pray with them. And it's always a wonderful time gathering together in the presence of the Lord with fellow believers. So we'd love for you to come and join us. That's Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, Praise Church of Ascension. I invite you to go to our website at praisechurchoflouisiana.com. And there you can get the address, all the information you'll need to know about our services on Sundays, on midweeks, and the various different things that we have to offer. We've got some exciting things coming up. In fact, as you know, this coming Sunday is Father's Day. And we trust that you will be worshiping together with your family in the house of the Lord. God has given me a phenomenal word I will be delivering this Father's Day. And I'm going to be speaking on embracing the healing from father wounds. We have uh, generations alive today who are so broken. Some are so angry. They don't know how to have relationships with, uh, within a marriage, within, with friends, uh, with their children, with their siblings. They just don't know how because they're suffering from father wounds. But God is the healer of all challenges that the enemy brings our way, not just of physical healings, but healings of memories and of emotional challenges. And so I'm going to be dealing with that topic this Sunday. I believe it's going to be a time of supernatural healing for many who are there, who come with an open heart, ready to receive. If you know somebody that's broken and really needs to hear a message on this life-changing topic that is pertinent for right now, please invite them to join us and to be with us this Sunday, Father's Day, at either one of our campus locations, Praise Church of Ascension or Praise Church New Orleans. Also, right around the corner, just two weeks away, Bishop Tudor Bismarck will be with us. What an amazing man of God. And his revelation, there is none to compare to his revelation or to the prophetic mantle in which he flows. So I encourage you to come, bring friends. He will be at our Praise Church of New Orleans campus for three nights. That will be Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights, July 29th, I mean June 29th, 30th, and July the 1st. June 29th, 30th, and July the 1st. And then two weeks after that, everything's happening for us right now, it seems like in about two week increments, because two weeks after that, we're having um, our women's conference, Unlocked Annual Women's Conference. We just opened the registration a few days ago and people are registering from various places. Some have written me, they've already purchased their airline tickets flying in from Georgia, from Dallas, Texas. Ladies are coming from Houston, Texas. And we have local ladies that are coming and it's just gonna be wonderful. So please make plans to join us for Unlocked 2022. It'll be amazing. And then in August, we will be hosting the ministry of prophet Patrick Kitely. 
and we also will have a Sunday designated for anointing, for a back-to-school anointing for all of those who work as educators and work in the school system, receptionists, anywhere, counselors, anywhere in the school system, as well as all the students, college age, all the way down to those that are going to nursery school. So we just got a lot of exciting things going on. So we want you to connect with us, make plans to join us for these events. Now I'm going to get into the word and I'm going to share some things tonight that may, um, may be a little shocking to some, but I'm delivering what I know the Holy Spirit has put in my heart. So open up your heart to receive. If you get a minute to do so, click that share button and share this broadcast with others so that they too can be blessed and inspired by the teaching. The main verse I'm going to start with reading from tonight is out of the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time, King James says, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. This version I'm reading uh, right now says, in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Hey, let me tell you something. I know this is terrible grammar, but I'm going to tell you, if I was to put a title on this, I would say this ain't the time for quitting. This is not the time for you and I to give up. This ain't the time for quitting, y'all. This is the time for us to rev up our engines, so to speak, and get in the fight, get in the battle with more intensity, more passion, more determination than we ever have in previous seasons in our life. Probably about 20, 25 years ago, uh, the Lord put a message in my life, and let me back up a little further, to tell you that back around uh, 1987, I believe, no, um, Oh, might have been 97. I'm a little mixed up on some of that, but it was a long time ago. My husband wrote a book and I helped and co-authored and did the editing and kind of like a ghost writing for the book on the Jezebel spirit. God taught us through some nightmarish issues that we were going through in our life and ministry at that time, all about the Jezebel spirit. And so we took that and we wrote a book on that. We've been asked to come to various churches at times and teach a seminar on the Jezebel spirit, explaining how it operates, the function of it, uh, etc. And to help people realize, because any of us, when we let our guard down, we can allow a Jezebel spirit to operate through us. And then on the other hand, there are others of us that that's not where we are. We're not allowing that spirit to operate through us, but we're being affected, impacted, depressed, manipulated, intimidated, and or controlled by that demonic spirit. So the only way that we know how to work our way through to victory, see Christ already paid the price for our victory, our deliverance from every obstacle, every adversity, but he has given us, he has equipped us with the tools that are necessary for us to uh, press beyond and to maintain our freedom, to possess it and maintain our freedom. And then, to go beyond that and teach others how to possess their freedom and maintain their freedom and walk in abundant victory. That's God's plan for you and I. But we don't often know how to tackle certain challenges if we don't know what they are, if we don't realize what's operating in our life. So the teaching 
on a spirit like a Jezebel spirit, an Athaliah spirit, an Ahab spirit, all of those just from this one uh, story in the Bible. Um, when we learn about these spirits and it's exposed, then now we can identify it easily when it's coming against us and we understand how to fight against that spirit. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the fight against that spirit, about what happened in the Old Testament. Because you see, we find uh, those the passage, the story is recorded in the book of Second uh, Kings is where we, we read the story about Athaliah, about Jezebel, and about Ahab, and about the things that happened there. Let me pull up my notes here really quick, because I know that we, we only have a short time that we're here sharing with you on these midweek broadcasts, and I don't want to miss anything. But you know, as I was reading this, and of course, like I said, we've spent hours, months of our life into putting together the book and then developing teaching. We've taught it in our churches. We've taught classes. We, I remember teaching it at a church in Birmingham, Alabama, and various places that we've been brought in over the years to teach about this so that exposure could take place. You see, the enemy hates it when we expose his tactics because it weakens his power if everyone knows his strategy. Just like if you think about the war, the war that goes on in our land from time to time. You know, the worst thing is for the enemy to find out your strategy and your weakness. Even in athletics, you never want the opposing team to know what your weakness is. So when we study the Word of God, the Bible tells us, study to show ourselves approved. When we study the Word of God and we ask Him to give us revelation and to teach us and to unfold to us things that might be hidden, hidden treasures, secret truths that are there, and He will begin to reveal it to us, unfold His Word to us, and that exposes Satan's tactics and it weaponizes us so that we can engage in the battle. But in this whole passage, sometimes a character that is overlooked is Jehu. And I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight about Jehu. Many years ago, I preached a message at one of my unlocked conferences at the Hilton Airport Hotel, I remember. Um, I don't even know how many years ago, long, long time ago. And it was run like, I mean, ride like a madman. And I was talking about Jehu because that's what Jehu did. Because Jehu did not give up. He understood, this ain't the time for giving up, baby. This is not the time. We are at an amazing time in history. In history within the body of Christ and with history within the world. And we've been given the opportunity to be history makers and world changers. If we will open up our eyes to what the Spirit's saying, open up our ears to what the Spirit's saying, He will begin to expose the strategy of the enemy. He will begin to reveal to those of you who are intercessors and prophetic intercessors how to pray, how to engage in warfare to, to combat the works of the enemy and to destroy his uh, tactics and, and his purposes. So um, Jehu, when you read this, it's in 2 Kings chapter 9. He had been anointed for a specific purpose. When he came on the scene, Ahab and Je Jezebel were reigning and they controlled the land with a spirit of idolatry, perversion, witchcraft, and wickedness. And instead of the prophet Elisha 
taking matters into his own hands to come against the enemy. And boy, is that a key right there? Because you and I sometimes wonder, why does it seem like I'm getting defeated in this battle? It's because you're not giving it to God and letting God fight the battles for you or waiting on his timing, waiting on his direction, his strategy, and you get anxious, you get worried. You know, we all have this uh, uh, thing in us, we wanna be the fixer, we wanna fix everything. And we think that we know just how it needs to happen. And when we get in the middle of what God's doing, we mess everything up. Sometimes even our good intentions, when we can see that somebody's hurting or broken or going through a challenge and we'll think, well, maybe I just need to get in the mix and I can fix this thing and you know, I can help work it out. But when we do that, we are messing up. We are interfering with what the Holy Spirit is doing. It takes a lot on our part to totally trust him and to let go. Never stop praying. Now, I'm not telling you to stop praying, but we need to stop praying. Uh, we need to we need to stop getting our hands in the middle of it. Our opinions, our mindsets, and the things that we want to say, we just think we need to tell them something. I just need to sit them down and talk to them. And no, Usually we just need to shut up and let God do it. Let God do it because his ways are perfect. We're humans. We, we are led by the spirit, but we are humans and we can never change that. And we can mess things up and, and you know, like I say, deter what God already has in motion because he's answering your prayers. So I'm going back to the word here, Elisha. Instead of him taking matters into his own hands, God told him, anoint a king to be the divine solution. And there was a man from the company of the prophets who found Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, and he anointed him with a flask of oil on his head, and he gave him one charge from the Lord. He said, dethrone the house of Ahab and establish righteousness again in the land. Oh my, does this sound familiar right now? We need to establish righteousness once again in this land. Far too long, righteousness has been uh, absent in the land. Only a very small remnant of people that are pursuing righteousness. But we, as a body of Christ, cannot retreat. We cannot give up. We cannot look at the situation and say it's hopeless. Now, I'm addressing this from a lot of perspectives because I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of prophetic voices over the past few years who sought God, who well-meaningly gave a lot of timelines of when they felt things were going to happen and changes to transpire. You see, you and I, as the body of Christ, are never to build our spiritual walk only on the voice of the prophets. If we do that, we are in grave error. We must build our life in balance. Our spiritual walk must be balanced. So we start with our foundation, which is based upon the word of God, hiding the word of God in our hearts that we might not sin against him, asking him, asking the Holy Spirit to teach us his ways. We must have a foundation in the word. We must then also couple that with a prayer life. We've got to be people of prayer and being a person of prayer 
does not mean that all you're going to do is sit there all the time and ask God, oh God, would you please do this for me? Oh God, would you please do that for me? Part of having a prayer life is obeying the word in this aspect. Be still. In other words, be silent. Sometimes we just need to be still to be silent. So we can listen to what he's saying to us. We can, uh, as the psalmist said, attend unto thy word, O God. I can't attend unto his word if I haven't sat still to even listen to his word. So we've got to study the word to show ourselves approved. We've got to have a prayer life and then pursue a life in the Holy Spirit. And with that, you know, all of these other things are added unto us. The gifts of the Spirit, the prophetic words, the words of wisdom, the, the gift of miracles, the gifts of healing, all of these things come after we have first accepted Christ and made a commitment to then begin to grow in Him and have revelation knowledge in our life because we hid His Word in our heart. We studied His Word. We made ourselves disciplined to be a student of the Word. All of this is necessary. So if I am one who only wants to be in healing services all the time, and all I want to do is focus on healing and miracles and the miraculous, I'm out of balance. I've got to study the entire Word of God. I've got to know the entire Word of God. And, and don't get overwhelmed by that statement. I mean, it's, it's a lifetime of studying. And you can read the same scripture today, tomorrow, next week, and next year. And every time you're going to get a different meaning out of it. Because we're constantly learning. We're constantly being taught as we yield to the Spirit and we ask the Lord to teach us. So I'm encouraging you in that. Don't be one who's just going to follow one move of God. It can't be just following the prophets. It can't be just following uh, healing. It can't be just following miracles. It can't just be following uh, a prosperity ministry. All of that is what God's given to us, but we need all of it, all of it working together, you know, so that we can be found a, uh, in God's sight, we can be found, you know, favorable in God's sight and that he can show his favor upon our lives because we determined we were going to be well-balanced believers, Christians, leaders in the body of Christ. So over the past couple of years, as tragedy has hit the world in multiple situations, through wars, through sickness, through disease, through plague, through um, unrest in the political arena, uh, all of these things, racial unrest, all of these things that have happened to bring such great division, division within the body of Christ. I mean, there's even been a division among the prophetic movement over the past couple of years because some began to prophesy this and that and other prophets rose up and said, no, that's not right. You can't prophesy that. And so they were trying to hold their feet to the fire, so to speak, you know, uh, on, uh, based on the passages that say that our words need to be tested and approved by others. And so there began to even be division in that area. See, so how are you and I going to know who to listen to? How are we going to know who to follow? Because are all these prophetic voices anointed? I think that the majority of them are. But I know that they're all still humans. 
And I know that they also have a will. I know that when I'm flowing in the prophetic, prophesying and ministering to people, when my husband is prophesying, my daughter, my son-in-law, my family, when we are our leadership team prophesying and ministering to people, we're human. And specifically, if we know the situation in that person's life and we really want to see them have a breakthrough, we can prophesy out of our heart what we would like to see because we are human. And, and it's good intentions, but we can't do that. We've got to yield to the Holy Spirit. But our ultimate guide is the Word of God. No scripture is going to, uh, uh, no true prophetic word will be contradictory of scripture. So if the words that we're receiving can come, and they also are supposed to be confirmation to you in your spirit. So if they're confirmation, they come to you and they're edifying you and they're edifying God, words of exhortation, you know, then, then that's something to listen to. But we still can't have a steady diet of only the prophetic, of only intercession. You know, <clears throat> I know that most people I have ever met who are counselors, I'm talking about licensed counselors, psychiatrists, therapists, they were driven to go into that line of work because they went through so much brokenness and hurt themselves. And when they began to receive healing, they, they had a passion then to help others who were broken and hurt. But at the same time, if they're not careful, they can take on all the needs of the people they're counseling and it can cause them to become depressed. They're the counselor, but yet they're depressed because they're carrying all these uh, load of all these needs. The same thing can happen to those of us in ministry, those of us in leadership, especially those who are in intercession, who put themselves in a position to say, Lord, you wake me up in the middle of the night. I'll intercede. I'll carry the burden. I'll fight the fight. I'll do whatever I need to do. Well, they have to keep a balance in their life. You know, I tell them once in a while, you know, you got to take a break, go and watch something funny, pull up an old, you know, I don't know, I Love Lucy movie or, or show or something, you know, so that you can laugh because the weights of this world are heavy, but also the weight of the glory of the Lord is heavy. The kabod of God is heavy. But if we just focus on the weights of this world, we will never push through to walk in uh, our own joy that God's given us. It's the joy of the Lord's our strength. So we can't allow ourselves to take on these loads to the point that we can become depressed. So it's very vital that we have balance in our life. So I encourage you, find prophetic voices that you feel that God has uh, has you know, given you a, his seal of approval, a, a witness, a check in your spirit, and you're like, this is a voice I'm to follow. But don't let that be your only diet. Get in the word. Study the word. Now, I'm going back to the scripture because I'm sure you're wondering what this all has to do with each other. And I've just got about six minutes left to share this. But I'm hoping I'll have time to get it in tonight. And if not, I'll pick it up in another teaching. Okay, so it says that Jehu had been anointed with a flask of oil on his head and he was given one charge from the Lord. It was dethrone the house of Ahab and establish righteousness. Establish righteousness again in the land. 
I'm going to tell you that's what you and I need to be doing. We need to be doing our part to establish righteousness again in the land. The Bible describes that Jehu drove his chariot in verse 20 of this passage like a madman. It says that he, you know, it was kind of like uh, no, no holding back. No, nothing could hold him back. He went with full speed ahead because he had been commissioned, anointed and commissioned by Almighty God to dethrone the demonic rulership that was ruling in the land. And he had to dethrone that first in order that righteousness could once again be established in the land. So I say, this ain't the time for quitting. This is not the time for us to retreat, for us to back up and say, oh, we're tired, we're weary, and now this has gone wrong, and that's gone wrong, and you know, this person is sick, and that's happened. It's not the time to retreat. I understand you're tired. I live tired. I live tired. Working to establish the kingdom of God, working to pour into the lives of others, trying to find a little bit of time for myself in the mix of it all, because I know God wants me to do that. I also know God wants me to take time to rest. I have a friend who calls me a, a, the ever-ready energizer bunny because she says, I just don't ever quit. And I don't. I don't quit. I don't stop. I don't sleep as much as I know my body should take. But the bottom line is, and I'm not telling you that that's what you need to do, but what I am saying is, this is not the time for us to get slothful. This is not the time for us to get lazy. The Bible talks about the lazy and the slothful person in the vineyard in the Old Testament, and God is not pleased with that mindset and that mentality and that type of action. God wants us to say to him, yes, Lord, here am I, send me, as the prophet said, here I am, God. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able to do whatever it is you've called me to do. And while I understand there's a time for war, as Ecclesiastes says, and a time for peace, I understand that right now we're in a battle. And we're in a battle not just for ourselves and for our family. In fact, our theme this month in our Sunday services is fighting for your family. Hey, if you're fighting for your family, you need to tune into if you can't physically drive and come to be in the services with us, you know, but you need to get in the, this teaching in your spirit. It's time to fight. We got to put on our warrior clothes. We got to we got to be weaponized against the works of the enemy. Amen. We've got to establish righteousness once again in the land. Even during times of intense opposition, Jehu did not give up. He ran like a madman in chasing down evil powers and principalities while he was establishing righteousness in its place where the evil had once been. He was now removing that and establishing righteousness. He did not relent until every single member of the house of Ahab was forever destroyed and forgotten. Even during these times of intense opposition against this call, those who came against him were simply commanded to fall in behind and join him. You know, there's got to be a leader. There's got to be a leader that's going to get out in the front and that's going to take that first step. You know, are you that leader? Are you that one? And if you haven't been taking those steps, then why not? Because we need you. 
The kingdom needs you. People that are lost and broken need you. It's time for you to get in place in the army of God. And let's be aggressive about this. Um, it says uh, in verses 18 and 19 that they joined him. They fell in behind in the pursuit and in this mandate from the Lord. And he called out to those in the nation. He said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Second Kings 10 verse 16. The gift of zeal would break off their apathy. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes when we're just kind of dragging a little bit and a little low, we need to get around somebody that's got some zeal. Because you know what? Enthusiasm is contagious. And when I'm exhausted, you know, it's in my weakness that Christ is made strong. But also when I'm exhausted, I can get around somebody who's so pumped up and so excited. And that begins to get contagious. And my zeal begins to rise up in me. And I'm like, oh, I know I'm exhausted. I know I'm tired, but I can't rest right now. I got to stay in this battle because people are depending on me. And God has anointed me for a purpose. And God's called me and he wants me to walk forward in what he's destined for me. So church, I'm telling you tonight, this ain't the time for quitting. This is not the time to give up. Please don't give up. This is not the time for you to stay home and not go to church for whatever reason. So what if nobody else in your house is going to church? You need to go. Be the leader. Take the lead and set an example. We must be aggressive. We must let the zeal of God lead us so that others can and will fall in behind. Well, it's about time for me to close. I'm probably going to pick up on this in the next teaching next Tuesday night. I'll look forward to being with you again. Make sure that you get in the house of God and love on your fathers this weekend for Father's Day. God bless you. God bless all the men. Remember, no matter where you are, God has a miracle for you. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word that's come forth tonight. Take it, drive it home in our hearts. Father, if we have had the spirit of slumber coming upon us, slothfulness, we shake it off. We repent of that and we say yes to your purpose and your will so that we can help to reestablish righteousness in the kingdom.